0: Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Thigh Gap Podcast, the best, the most underrated, the most understated, sophisticated podcast out there. My name is Bogus Noog and with me is... Being Brute. Brute, as you always know, I'm better than you. So you uh, say. Yeah, and I get to welcome you to the podcast. From a place of superiority.
1: That's my unfortunateness that I have to share mm-hmm. this podcast with such an imbecile mm-hmm. who doesn't even stand of any race mm-hmm. when it comes to the IQs. Oh, wow. Not just that. And officially, mm. I have more fans than you. So
0: Delusional as always, bro. Uh, this week, we are recording Ego. It's not easy.
1: Not at all.
0: So, as is our want, we start off with, it's not easy, it follows a template, as our dear listeners already know. It's a very famous template by now, it's established. It's
1: world famous, unique, we have a it's... trademark, there are no branches exactly. of this template.
0: Exactly. So, we start off by explaining the context. bro. in what context are we talking about when we say ego?
1: Well, bogus to be very precise, as the great Sigmund Freud has mentioned, mm-hmm. gap does it the best.
0: Oh, I thought you meant FMA. mind ten <laughs> thousand <laughs> <laughs> that's what Freud was all about
1: Freud, Freud, Freud was about a lot of things but yes. this made him who he was Right. Uh, but uh, coming to the context of ego mm-hmm. we are looking at it in two different contexts the first yep. context obviously the most well known and most obvious is the whole idea of uh, the colloquial usage of the word which mm-hmm. is like oh he gives so much of importance to himself and right. like, you know the self esteem or like exactly. self importance that yeah. a person can give to themselves uh, and we coined the term ego and most probably more egotistic mm-hmm. right that is one way we look at it the second one is um, more from a philosophical point mm-hmm. i'm kind of skeptical to say spiritual yet mm-hmm. but more from a philosophical standpoint where ego is fundamentally the identity of the physical representation right of any living thing right uh, ego is the i factor mm. through which we identify ourselves um. pretty much I'll keep it down to that
0: yeah and as a distinction to make it uh, simpler for understanding let's say in this episode we use ego and superego these two terms when we say ego it is the colloquial emotional aspect of it all self-importance mm-hmm. you know I'm the best all that yeah and superego is your identity
1: yeah basically but in general I don't see a lot of differentiation between both
0: of them I just this is just for ease of to
1: ease of finding what we're talking about every time we can't be like oh we meant that ego not this ego exactly and then you're like no no but are you talking about this ego and I'm like no you don't understand you idiot
2: it's
1: that ego yeah You've just taken away the chance of me abusing you, but still Mm -hmm. making it safer for yourself. Egotistic behavior.
0: Absolutely. So now that we've established the context, we are going to jump to the next segment, which is why is ego not easy?
1: The first reason why it's not easy is bogus because people don't know where we are on socials. Exactly. So on Instagram it is at underscore thigh But if they want to have that personal flavor of how we are mm. and like old school pen and paper stuff. Yeah. They articulate. can write to us, articulate, mm. elaborate, oh yeah. Unnecessarily long. Yeah. Then they can write to us at mindigap at gmail.com.
0: Exactly. If you're thoughtful or egotistical about your writing skills. Yeah. That's very we don't society. judge
1: handwritings on an email, so don't worry.
0: Yep. Now with that out of the way, why is ego? not easy not easy so let me talk about ego
1: first please that's the topic <laughs> <laughs> we hope to stick to it yes at some point and not just talk about thigh gap uh-huh and thigh gap's ego but ego the first reason would be control okay which is an episode in itself control is not easy uh simple plug off the bat yeah but controlling ego is never easy because it kind of gets very tricky as to where do you hold yourself back versus where do you want to put yourself forward right and uh, it's a tough battle of choice Mm. you know like the great shakespeare said to be or not to be yeah so the ego is a constant battle right it's a constant conflict yeah between you and something else which is also you yeah so ego manages that battle ego is the one which is fundamentally fueling that conversation mm. so controlling that conversation making sense out of it mm. and actually doing something productive or constructive for your ego again right is very difficult and that is the part which i find it never easy
0: yeah and just to give an example of that i think people broadly may fall into two categories very broadly to generalize which is either they think too highly of themselves like they view yeah. themselves through rose colored glasses yeah these kind of people develop a sense of ego about right. themselves the other kind of people are too harsh on themselves right they're too negative about themselves and these kind of people also tend to have a very um sensitive or insecure or very uh, prickly about their ego yeah fidgety very fidgety about it uh, it's too fragile yeah now both these kind of people with baggages about how they view themselves uh, on opposite spectrum, mm-hmm. if you place them in a social context among a group of their peers, and someone happens to say something which you know because it is in front of other people, yeah, that is where it really plays up a lot. Correct. If it was a one-on-one conversation, it's maybe a different conversation. Yeah, maybe the individual would have reacted differently. Right. But the minute people say something about you in front of other people, both these categories of people have a difficulty in controlling their ego because they don't know, like you said, whether to confront or whether to take it on the chin yeah. and play it off coolly right, or make a fuss about it or, you know, how to deal with their bruised ego yeah, and in that situation.
1: The, the thing about ego is we don't quite often realize, but ego is the trigger to emotions. Yeah. So ego controls what kind of emotions we have to give out. Right. So if we don't control the source of emotions, we are like a messed up lot. Yeah. So in either case, right, whether it's a inflated ego or it's a deflated ego, mm-hmm. it ultimately controls what kind of emotions you give. Yeah. Which can either give away too much of you, yeah, or it can really put you in a bad spot. By not giving away the right amount. By not participating. By not participating.
0: Or not speaking up when maybe it was a moment to. you should have.
1: So which is why ego becomes really important. Mm. Right? Like that's why I say it's not easy controlling ego. Because it has more strings than we know there
0: are. Yeah, it's always playing in the background.
1: Yes, it's constantly functioning. It's probably functioning more than we think it is. Right. And you know the whole thing that, oh, I didn't see it coming that I would react like that? Mm, That's yeah. a doing of ego. It's not It's not anything rational.
0: Yeah, exactly. One of the reasons why I think ego is not easy is what we explained in the context itself, Ruth, mm. which is there is a difference between the ego and the superego. Yeah. Unfortunately, today in the colloquial uh, language, People only seem to engage with this word in the emotional sense, like only about the self-esteem, only about Mm self-importance. But this distinction, first of all, that, okay, these two are different things. Mm. One is a negative aspect, which is I'm too self-important or, you know, I feel I'm better than other people or it's important for me to be better than other people and all that stuff. Yeah. But the other part of it, which is a superego, where it is just your identity. There is no negativity to that. You know, in that concept, it is just what is your name and your identity starting from your name, right down to your character attributes, right down to your borders or your boundaries as an individual. And what is your moral fiber? What are your, um, you know, likes and dislikes? Where do you draw the line? All of this information is actually what comes under your super ego. It's almost like a metadata for an image kind of thing. It is a metadata. Exactly. To like draw a parallel. Which is just like an index. Yeah. You know, there is no positive or negative. To yeah. It. So this distinction I feel is not commonly talked about. You know, I don't get into conversations with a lot of people who are consciously aware of the fact that there are two different things, ego and superego. Mm. And that, yes, while one has a negative tinge to it, the other one does not necessarily.
1: Yeah, the reason why you don't hear it a lot is bogus because you don't talk to a lot of people. Exactly. You like to be alone in your room and look at a fly sitting on your nose. I'm the best. So you say. Yeah. And only you say. Yeah. But I don't, I think this is, that is wrong. I think it is also a doing of us as a society to like coin ego to these colloquial terms. Yeah. That is what has messed up the whole concept of ego.
0: It is the corruption of it's the word. It is the world. corruption
1: of the word. Yeah. And it is inexcusable. Mm. Because ego is is far more delicate and complicated than what we have made it into. Right. We could have used arrogance, we could have used, you know, self-importance or any other. We could have probably come up with a word for all we care. Yeah. But then we being lazy, we just used ego as something for someone who's just like self absorbed and is too much of themselves. And then we're like, oh he's so egoistic. Nah no. Mm. That's not how probably we should be putting it out there uh, because there is nothing wrong in giving a lot of importance to yourself. Yeah. So why do we call egoistic or egoism or whatever are the following synonyms as a negative term? I personally feel and it's very subjective. Mm. I completely disagree to the concept of egotism being... That's how it's pronounced, right? Egotism. Yeah. Or is it egoism? Whatever. Egotism. Yeah. Potato. Potato, potato. Yeah. I completely disagree the fact that that is a negative term. Yeah. If you're
0: following See? the exact meaning of the word and it's supposed to mean your identity. The
1: question comes like where did the meaning originate or where did the word originate? In in the form of super ego or just ego? If the word originated in the form of superego, which Mm. is more in the bracket of, or in the bucket of spirituality or philosophy, Mm. it cannot be right or wrong. It cannot be positive or negative. One of the uh, sources for the word was aham. Yeah, which is super ego. Which is super ego. Yeah, which is what I'm saying. Which brings to my point, if I can bring in my other point of why it's not easy. Yeah, sure. Is this exact reason the concept of superego, mm. in, in for the sake of the context we are speaking in, is extremely paradoxical in nature. Okay. Why I say it's a paradox is in in the theory of enlightenment and you know moksha or whatever you say. Yeah. One of the things that you need to do is like let go of the ego. Mm. like there's no ego the soul gets enlightened and you're a free bird yeah right you get out of the cycle of rebirth or reincarnation and all that not right. reincarnation but rebirth right but at the same time the only way you can identify yourself is with the existence of ego yeah so how do you take something it is it is an unfathomable concept mm. you cannot visualize the concept Yeah, And this is an exercise I've done. There is no way you can explain yourself Mm -hmm. without using any parameter of identification of yourself. Right. Right. So the concept of imagining a world without myself is ridiculously tough. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy, right? Hashtag. Why is it still not the most trending hashtag on Twitter? I am still bamboozled (laughs) by it. But it's not easy to like imagine a world or any reality. Fuck the world. Any reality Mm. without you in it. Yeah. It's like the whole concept, right? Like if you can't imagine a color if you have not already seen it. Do you know right. this theory? There, yeah, there yeah. is a scientific theory, or, or like an experiment where they said, like, you can't imagine a color mm. if you have already not seen it. Like, you can't come up with a color like right. whatever, right? right? And that's because the only way we are related to our existence or our reality is through the form of ego. Exactly. And then now you're telling me that I have to let it go. Mm. How the fuck will I do that?
0: I have to let it go and I have to still be in this world. How? I don't know where
1: I have to be. Yeah. That's another big question in the like another billion dollar question is like okay I let it go then where will I be? Yeah. I can't imagine that reality. So why should I let it go? For me the the thing that's the toughest is bringing that measure or that balance mm. between okay I can let go this much. Right. But just to exist I'll keep this much. Right. Right? Because it's very difficult. Like the measuring of ego. Like I mean, we have spoken a lot in like how do we measure ourselves? Yeah. But we can only measure ourselves based on the output of the, what the ego has decided already. Right. Yeah. Right. And the other big debate is what precedes what? Whether the consciousness precedes the ego, mm-hmm. or does the ego precede the consciousness? Yeah. If you say the consciousness comes before the ego, then whose consciousness is that? Mm. If the ego precedes the consciousness, Mm. then is my consciousness already a default?
0: In my theory, it is consciousness before ego.
1: Again, it's a debatable point. Like There are multiple ways. But what I fundamentally find the toughest part about ego or Mm. the superego in the context is that whole nature itself, the concept of that superego itself. Mm -hmm. It's so tough. It's not easy to comprehend it. It's not easy to work. Because what you can't comprehend, you can't Mm. work on it. Yeah, And what you can't work on it, you can't get an output. Yeah. So that's that's the toughest part, which is not at all easy, according to me, is at a bare minimum, comprehend the concept of ego. Yeah. And super ego in, in our language that we're speaking.
0: Right. And it's no joke. It is very tough to comprehend it. Yeah. But in terms of- I comp-
1: never joke bogus, just in case you think I was joking.
0: Exactly. Welcome to this comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That is why you're Hashtag here. Hashtag it's right? not easy. <laughs> I know, Jack. The one job I had to do. Yeah. Not doing
1: that. I ain't doing the shit.
0: In terms of comprehension, the closest thing we have as a frame of reference in today's time is all these stories and anecdotes from people who try uh, natural psychedelic substances. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah. for example, there was this professor, uh, doctor called uh, Rick Strassman. Mm-hmm. I thought who, Sigmund. Uh, no, Sigmund has a whole other yeah. issue. Yeah. <laughs> His, his ego was lying in
1: somebody else's body. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Rick Strassman uh, is a doctor who was, uh, this is during the uh, 60s, mm-hmm. flower power generation. People are doing LSD all over the place. Yeah. So he got permission from the government mm. to say, in the hospital, I'm a professional, like medical doctor. I need to conduct experiments on DMT. So I will take volunteer subjects mm-hmm. and we will have all kinds of medical. Uh, Things. infrastructure basically. infrastructure yeah. available for their safety yeah and uh i want to inject them with certain amount of dmt mm. and i want to record their experiences mm-hmm. and so he got a permission from the government and
1: here are 30 convicts here are you know 40 ptsd patients <laughs> yes. do whatever the fuck you want to do don't tell us don't even bother giving us a report just do whatever the fuck you want to do
0: yeah so he started those experiments in the hospital mm-hmm. Uh, he tried to make sure that set and setting, they say, is one of the most important things mm. uh, for these psychedelic experiences, whether it is mushrooms or DMT or ayahuasca, mm. Mm. whatever it is. Yeah. So he tried to make sure that people felt they were not in a hospital mm. by changing the interior and all that. Yeah. And he injected this DMT into their body. Mm. And they had the trip and uh, he tried to talk to them through it. And he tried talking to them after it. And he recorded all that experiences. And uh, he wrote a book called The Spirit Molecule. Okay. It's a very interesting book. Because a lot of people have common points as to what was common in their experience. Yeah, But basically, all of these people, whether it is ayahuasca or psilocybin mushrooms, or it is DMT, they talk about a stage. It is kind of parallel to how a plane uh, you know, exits the atmosphere. Not a plane, like a spaceship. Uh-huh. Imagine uh, in order to go to space it has to go through the atmosphere yeah. and the atmosphere is this protective shield which whether you're going out of it or you're coming into it is going it to be a resist. rough time. Yeah. It is full of uh, resistance. Yeah. It is full of friction to a point where in movies you see fire and the shuttle is burning up. So it is kind of like that. So when you're ex- Not in
1: Fast and Furious though they took a no. car
0: yeah, of course. Um, the
1: concept of aerodynamics was never used by NASA. Yeah, <laughs> like get the most aerodynamic car, and it's a smooth ride out of the atmosphere.
0: Absolutely, all you need is family. Yeah, so <laughs> your family will make you want yeah. to leave the planet. Leave the planet. That's exactly. what
1: families are there for. It's not yeah. easy. Family coming up soon.
0: How was this not a bigger hit in <laughs> India? <laughs> <laughs> um. So it is like the atmosphere. So yeah. when you're exiting your consciousness, the biggest challenge with psychedelic experiences is when it gets too extreme, hmm. you feel like the boundaries of your identity, yeah, starting with the boundaries of your physical body hmm. start getting challenged. Yeah. Like something is pushing against the walls. Right. And then when it gets intense enough, you actually go past it. Yeah. Like you go past the atmospheric level. That is called in psychedelic terms, an ego death, mm. where you almost feel like you're dead. Yeah. That's why they call it an ego death, because you lose your identity. Yeah. In colloquial terms, we call it sleeping.
1: Not really. <laughs> because in sleeping- I am supposed to do a joke. But- Let me do one.
0: Like you established earlier, bro. You don't joke. <laughs> in a comedy podcast (laughs) not when I am talking but when you are talking yeah so it is a similar feeling like I have had I tried a flotation tank once Mm -hmm. there used to be one in Hyderabad yeah so I went to that and I tried that for the experience where you get inside this dark tank Mm. filled with uh, Epsom salt water so it is thick and you float and after a while because you keep floating Initially, I could make out, okay, these are the boundaries of my body. I know where my body ends and where the water begins. Yeah. But the more you keep floating in that darkness, yeah, uh, provided you don't have any other distraction, that boundary starts getting a little confused mm-hmm. in your brain. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you get to a point where you think that your boundaries are the boundaries of the water. Now, the boundaries of your hands, your legs, etc. has gone. Got it. And so that is a feeling where you don't know which way is up, which way is down. You don't know whether you're horizontal or you're vertical. Right. So if you have a really good flotation tank experience, that's where it goes to. And in the psychedelic sense, uh, they call it an ego death because it is kind of an unpleasant thing to experience. Okay. Because you kind of think you're going to die, you know, because if you're losing your super ego. Yeah. In essence, you are panicking because you don't know what is there beyond that. Yeah, and because you don't know what is beyond your super ego, you think you equate it with death.
1: I can see when you differentiate that way, right? Like when you say that it's not you who is doing it, right? It's the ego that is doing it. Yeah, the ego always wants to survive. Yeah, that's the ego's goal, right? It's it's one job. The super ego's one job is to keep the body going. Yeah, right, and keeping it comfortable.
0: Yeah. Keeping the mind aware that I am so-and-so person. This is my name.
1: Mind, yeah, I mean, like, not going into nitty gritties but fundamentally, yes, right? The ego is basically to keep the identity, the name going, right? right? So, what I'm interested in knowing is, when there's an ego death, what exactly did that person experience, one? And Uh, if it did, mm -hmm. how did they connect it to themselves, how did they relate that experience to themselves? Because again, this is where the paradox comes. Yeah. If there is a genuine ego death, mm. there is no experience. There was though. How did they connect it to? How did they relate it to themselves then?
0: So some of the examples from the book, uh, and I'm going to combine some ayahuasca uh, yeah. anecdotes also. Yeah. So people who took ayahuasca. Huh. Uh, this is where you go into a forest and you drink a potion
1: yeah mostly Amazon Uh, Amazon forest forest. yeah
0: Yeah, and then there is a shaman who is conducting the ritual for you and once the potion starts to take effect yeah what happens is the atmosphere breaking thing it is turbulent right you might end up puking multiple times right so they call it purging like Mm. your body is purging Mm. literally that friction is manifesting in the way of you puking yeah you coughing high fever you could be crying you could be howling right uh, which is also what happens in Wim Hof's uh, breathing technique some people end up howling and crying you know because they tend to go closer to that state mm-hmm. you know and uh, once you've gone past that the people who have a good ayahuasca trip mm-hmm. talk about the fact that eventually they no longer feel the boundaries of their body and when they comprehend a tree that they are under yeah when they comprehend a branch or a leaf mm. They feel like as soon as they comprehend the leaf, they feel like they are the leaf. Correct. And they feel like they are in the forest. Correct. They feel like they are in the plants everywhere. Right. So that boundary is gone. And they feel that whatever they are thinking of, whatever they are comprehending, they are that. So here is the
1: thing. If you are everything around you, Mm. how is that the death of the ego rather than it being the inflation of ego? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, how I can relate it better is if you are able to say ego is I, right? Yeah. Super ego is I. I. So if I say that this is my watch Mm. that I'm wearing, then fundamentally what I'm saying is it's on me. It's mine. Yeah. So the watch is a part of me. Yeah. Now I inflate it more. Now I say that is my bed. Yeah. Now the moment I say that is my bed, Like I'm, the bed is a part of me, Mm. right? If anybody comes and sees it, then Mm. they're like, yeah, that's brute's bread, right? The moment they say brute's bed, it's like, yeah, it's my bed, it's part of me. So I get the point of you kind of being everything. So the more you take things into your vicinity Mm. or under the umbrella of your ego, Mm. right? You have an inflated ego. Right. I mean, the lack of words I'm using inflated, but basically you're taking a lot of things under your ego. Yeah. The other part, other responsibility of ego is everything that comes under it, Mm. it's supposed to take care of it. Because the concept, the one KRA of ego is to exist. Yeah. So if I'm able to take maximum things in my vicinity under my ego, Mm. I'm fundamentally, in other words, Mm. taking care of everything in my vicinity. Yeah. Right. So the experience that you mentioned, which is why I was curious to say, if there's a death of ego, Mm. how did they relate it to them? Yeah. But what you mentioned is actually the inflation of ego, where yes, their body, their ego grew so big that everything and anything around them was a part of them.
0: That is a way of interpreting it. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. So because death of ego is something, which is why my point of like, it's extremely difficult to comprehend. So when I was talking about the non-existence of ego,
0: yeah, their experience, right, where when whatever they comprehended around them, yeah, they felt that they were that, they they had no identity. They were no longer this individual under the name. It was more like on a soul. They became fluid on a soul level. Yeah, they were like, oh, my essence is there now. I'm thinking about the leaf. Yeah, I am, am the, the leaf. leaf.
1: Yeah, it's like you put the water in the cup; it becomes the take of exactly. the of cup. Exactly, it's a Bruce Lee thing. I, 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 really, I understand that concept yeah. again because it's not related to ego, but it is something that Jiddu Krishnamurti said, and I'm, I'm sure you also would have come across this. Mm-hmm. He mentions this in a completely different concept, or he explains this in a completely different way. Right, like his famous quote, right? Like the highest form of intelligence is yeah. to observe without judgment or without yeah. outcome. Right. The other thing he said is the purity of attention. Mm. You know, if you're able to pay attention yeah. in its purest form, yeah. What you fundamentally do is you remove the center. Okay. The moment you're able to remove a center, you become what you're paying attention to. Right. Right? So if you're putting maximum which is also basically, you know, another way of uh, explaining meditation Mm. You know, the transcendental meditation and all. Yeah, yeah. So what JK says is if you can build the ability to have the purest attention on whatever you're looking at, mm. you become that. Yeah. So that again see that that again for me is not the death of ego mm-hmm. as a coin. I I I'm not trying to dissect or you know discard the term. Right. But from multiple perspectives, it is extension of your ego more than the death of the ego.
0: Yeah, from, from my perspective, how I looked at that, how I interpreted that experience, that ayahuasca experience yeah. that I talked about, is it was an ego or a superego when you went into it. Mm-hmm. But once it got intense and once you actually experienced, started experiencing other things as yourself, now we're talking consciousness. Because yeah. for me, that I'll buy to that the common consciousness
1: thing. I'll buy that. Yeah, I was about, yeah, I'll buy that.
0: You know, that's where because is, i like, think when you
1: which which again again uh, you know like you said if you remove ego what mm-hmm. is left it's basically consciousness yeah the purest form yeah unadulterated untouched by re, you know your reality unhinged by sentimentality, morality, or, yeah. you know, emotionality. And you remove all that from consciousness, like from your body. Right. You're left with consciousness.
0: It's just a repository of ideas and, uh, thoughts. Thoughts. Yeah. And it's not really, oh, these are brute thoughts. These yeah. are bogus thoughts. Yeah. They're just there. There, They thoughts. exist. Yeah. yeah. That's the Akashic. Like, it's yeah. a repository of everything. Correct. Correct. And that was the one thing, like the right. Ayahuasca type. Right. On the DMT side, uh, the experiences were like crossing over, like they really experienced an ego death. Yeah. And then after that, some people had pleasant experiences in interacting with some entities that they could not explain, mm-hmm. some otherworldly entities. They saw them in colors. They saw them in shapes that they could not explain. Basically, yeah. the geometry, they were not able to comprehend. It's, they I were mean, not able to verbalize the geometry that they saw. The, di- the, dimensions, the dimensions no more make sense. Yeah, they could not verbalize it Yeah, uh, through language. And then there were other people who kind of had the similar experience of coming across different entities. Mm. Uh, but it was unpleasant for them, mm. uh, the experience the entities were hostile. Mm-hmm. In other cases, the entities were friendly and warm and welcoming and uh, saying like, we've always been waiting for you. Mm. We're glad to have you here.
1: Can you please pay back our loan? Exactly. <laughs> Give
0: back the money. You owe us. Let us take you around. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So, but the commonality between both ayahuasca, psilocybin kind of experiences mm. and the DMT experiences, one, the ego death. Yeah. And then a sense of freedom. Mm. You know, the sense of freedom, like I can tie it to what you said about your ego inflating so much that is now encompassing so many things.
1: I know it might be controversial, but that's how I explain God. Right. Like the biggest narcissist that's probably ever been there is God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Narcissism comes with an inflated ego. Mm -hmm. And you look at what he says. I am the destroyer. I am the creator. I am the volcanoes. I am the sea. Right. I'm everything you have seen, I'm not seen, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. There's so much of I in it. Yeah. If God is like the real deal, Mm. then your point is, you know, you you have to make death yours. Mm. Okay. You need to make everything yours. Yeah. The question is, how do you make it? Exactly. If you are able to make it, so God is, I mean, it's again, it's like nothing is everything, you know, that even that paradox or that complexity and Mm -hmm. God is exactly that. So, I explain God as someone who has the maximum extended ego mm-hmm. because everything is him. Yeah. And yet nothing is him. Mm-hmm. Which is why I say either you look at, you know, in a way it makes sense that if you can kill the ego, mm. that means your ego is everywhere. Yeah. And that's exactly the paradox which makes it very difficult for us to comprehend it. Maybe it's we don't have the aptitude. You have to build up your aptitude. or Right you know, maybe our infrastructure or the equipment that we have is not good enough to absorb such a concept. Right. The reasons might be infinite. But that's the part which is not easy for me. Right. You know, as to how, how do you even, it's great to write it on paper, Mm. but how do you put it in practice? Like, where do you start? How do you stop? Exactly. Everybody says meditate, but... That's the harder
0: route. Yeah. And the more easier route is the psychedelic uh, kind of thing. Yeah. there fast. Uh, even if it does not get you to a stage where you comprehend everything like what are you without an ego except Give me a flavor of it at least you will yeah. understand what an ego death is Right at least it will take you, get a you taste close to a situation where you know what it is to like what it is like to die
1: Yeah not to encourage but ayahuasca is not something you just go and pop it in yeah, your yeah. mouth and come it's like a one month process to like actually get the shaman to give it to you Yeah, yeah. you need to win his confidence and he will put you through some tests and all
0: that is if you don't That's go through the shady uh, people. If you go to the legit guy. Yeah, the legit
1: guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't go through. These kind of things, you shouldn't do it with shady people. Yeah. I've heard that Sting, I think, went through that whole audience. Oh, yeah. A lot of people. A lot of celebrities have yeah. actually gone through. Especially people who have like drug abused. Yeah. And Ayahuasca is also one of the best, fastest way to get rehabilitated. And exactly. What is that? Things, what is the opposite of addiction? Things like alcoholism, things yeah, like depression. Depression, mostly drugs, and you yeah. know, the money craze and all that crap. Like, yeah, whatever you know they do. Anyways, we have uh, quite went too deep into it.
0: Yeah, I guess. But what top, is the other the part topic point? is such? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The commonality that I found interesting between all these experiences is the expression of freedom. You know, even people who have near death experiences, right, Hmm. they come back feeling so free and so liberated that, oh, I was so hung up about maybe death. I was so hung up about my own sense of mortality, Hmm. but I got to experience what is beyond that. And now because of that, it put everything in such perspective. I'm no longer scared about dying. That is something which is very common in all of those volunteers Hmm. that they lost their fear of death because of that experience.
1: See, because it's it's obvious, right? Like, see if there's a very good, if you had a great experience, mm. then you're like, wow, you know, even after I'm dead, like, there's still great experience.
0: There's still a much bigger thing being played out.
1: Right. And Say I, you had a bad experience. Right. Then you're like, wow, I'm alive as of now. So, I don't care what happens after I die. Yeah. As long as I'm here, I'm enjoying this shit. Right. So, <laughs> whether you have a good trip or a bad trip, you're coming back happy. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I guess so. But that was the interesting thing, the expression of freedom. Mm. The freedom that we tend to crave for, actually, deep down. These people come back saying, I experienced that. Yeah. That's the most interesting thing. And the most interesting thing is that came through either uh, breaking the barrier of their superego or the other way to look at it is like what you said, which is expand the boundaries of the ego. Yeah. Beyond just their physical frame. Yeah like if i am with like a couple of people that i really care about yeah and i'm on a vacation with them now three of us are in a situation where we don't care about our past or we don't care about we're on a vacation right. we are in a we are in the present moment right and if you know our communication and our vibe is so perfect probably our super egos have expanded beyond to include ourselves in the Venn diagram. Like telepathy. Telepathy. The first I think one of the first the, hints. The other person also feels that. We
1: call it vibe in like pop yeah, culture. Exactly. But wavelength and yeah, vibe. And, yeah, yeah. You you kind of I mean, for me, the first sign that this person is mine or mm. you know, I'm a, they are a part of me. Right. Is that telepathic communication that happens between both of you. Right. And mostly, I mean, I'm not trying to make it emotional or sentimental. But if you go back to your childhood, mothers have that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Right? And this is substantially good reason because we come out of them. Yeah. Mothers have that telepathic communication. They just look at you. Mm. You know, they say that mothers stare. Yeah. Right? Like, she looks at you and you get what she's trying to tell you. Mm. And you just blindly do it. Mm. Right? So, telepathy is like a very simple way of trying to understand that, yeah, you know what? I'm getting there. Or either that person is mine or I'm that person. Doesn't really matter. We are kind of the same thing. Mm. You know, you can say it energy or give it any name you want. Yeah. But for me, the first Easter egg or foreshadowing is telepathy. Yeah. Once you are able to do that, then you need to build on it to become this but you know we are a blimp. Yeah, that's, on the scale of time. So and there's the, only so much we can do.
0: Yeah, and in the same way and actually I'm very fascinated by twins for that reason. Yes. Because that's also where you have seemingly two separate egos. Yeah. But those two super egos are kind very of, much in sync. Yeah. It's almost like quantum enga- entanglement yeah. comes into play with twins where right. this twin here feels something that twin somewhere else somewhere feels is. the same thing. Yeah. It's a very fascinating thing that yeah. happens there. Um, but yeah, I guess. Why is it important? <laughs> what, yeah, we went into why it's not easy. We went yeah. quite a bit into why it's not yeah. easy. So let's just move on to why it's important. I think we had two other points. but yeah. No, I think we covered all the points. I guess so, yeah. So why is it important?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's a very simple thing. Because, uh a known devil is better than an unknown friend, mm. you know. So, again, for all the reasons why it's not easy, the thing that we really need to understand is the bottom line Mm. of ego is it is our epicenter of existence. Yeah. Right? Yes, there is a little debate of whether the consciousness comes first or the ego comes first or, you know, what follows what doesn't matter. Mm. Majority of our adult life or majority of our conscious life, Mm. the epicenter is the ego. Yeah. And it is without doubt controlling a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if we have to get some form of, you know, control or mm. freedom, which mm-hmm. is also, you know, extremely important or which is also true output. Yeah. If we want either of that, we need to first know how our ego is playing out. Mm. And like you said, you, you mentioned too, where there's an inflated ego saying that it's… Oh, I'm great, I'm amazing, yeah. I'm that. Or there's a completely deflated I'm ego. Shit. Yeah. I'm shit, I'm useless, I'm worthless, nobody cares, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then there's a whole spectrum between both of them, yeah. right? Yeah. So you need to really get close, you need to really understand how your ego is kind of functioning mm. so that you differentiate your consciousness versus your ego. Mm. And there are multiple other outputs. I feel that's one way of you trying to uh one way of you achieving to get more instinctive. Right. Than just be reactive, you know? So if you're able to understand that ego entity Mm. and start seeing what exactly it is controlling Mm. or what is the strings that the ego is pulling, in what kind of situations, in what kind of times, in times of need, in times of comfort, like how is it reacting? And then you keep challenging it little by little because you can't go head on with an ego. It will dismantle you. Right? So... Little by little, you keep chucking away from the ego and trying to take the control through your mind or Mm. whatever, consciousness, whatever you put it. That's when you kind of understand how much of a role were you playing in your own life. Right. And that's a big revelation. The day you really get to know that, oh, it was not me all this while. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why it's really important. Uh, We did cover a different angle in The Measure of Man Mm. uh, in the episode that we did, but this is completely different it's 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 a a complete different battle altogether yeah and there is something inside you who you don't know and that's ego yeah right and i don't know if you have come to the definition of hell it's a a great saying actually the definition of hell is the image of you of who you can be okay they say hell is really represented by that that the, the image of you who you can really be right that scares the shit out of you yeah right so knowing your ego is like going through that fire test yeah. so that you can get to have some one, obviously, basic control of your decisions and make more righteous choices mm-hmm. for yourself. And two, obviously, by doing the righteous choices, it leads to freedom of baggage. You know, it leads to freedom of, OK, fine, you know what? I'm good with it. Yeah. I'm good with myself. So that is why it is really important to kind of keep a tab on that ego thing.
0: Yeah, and freedom is one of those foundational things that deep down we all crave for. Yeah. In some form or the other. Yeah. We all
1: crave it. Um, freedom of fear being the top one. Just
0: anything, just yeah. freedom, you know. like. Yeah. Um, why I think it is important is because at one level, I think we can, even if we agree and, you know, accept or acknowledge that we are two people. One is who we really are yeah. and the other is the who ego, yeah. the superego, like what people know us by, our name, our character attributes, all of that stuff. Our metadata. Our metadata. There is really no way in hell to engage with the world as long as we are alive yeah. without, without an ego, right. a superego. It is absolutely required to engage with the world. It's almost like you're stuck on an island, but you don't speak the language. Right. There is You can't get anything done. Right. Because if you want to work with the other people, you got to have a language uh, that matches with theirs so that you can communicate. And that's basically the metadata of our superego is playing the role of language there. Correct. Which we use to navigate through the world. So it's, it becomes very important how we cultivate our ego or cultivate our superego once we realize that, okay, this is a metadata of who I am, what is my name, what are my boundaries as a person. Um, what is my moral fiber, what are my standards, and what will I compromise for, what will I not compromise for, it's very important to build up that metadata to our own awareness. Yeah. Like we need to know it, like you said. But then the problem comes where people tend to fall in the trap of, or we generally fall into the trap of, building those yardsticks or that metadata by comparing with other people. By, you know, looking into our own bubble and seeing, okay, am I doing better than most of my friends? Then I'm great. I'm sorted if i'm not doing as well as most of my friends then all of a sudden i'm a piece of shit yeah so all of our value all of our standards all of our moral fiber is coming from external sources societal kind of uh, you know imprints yeah that oh, in this decade this is cool next decade this is cringe so i'm also going to change according to that i'm woke i'm woke all this bullshit Instead, first, it is important to know that we have to cultivate and nurture and protect our superego. It's almost like your brand. It is. It is your brand. It is your tag. It is your tag. It is your brand. Yeah, it's your brand logo. It is what people will know you by. Yeah. And it is what uh, leaves behind a legacy. If yeah. People talk about you after you're gone. They're going to talk about all your characteristics. Yeah. Uh, the
1: benchmarking is never outside. Yeah. The benchmarking is always inside.
0: So I feel like it one important step is to know that, okay, there is this thing called superego and I get to have a huge influence on how I cultivate my own metadata. And then but where am I getting the yardsticks from? I need to make sure I don't get it from external sources. I don't get it from societal peer pressure kind of shit. But I compare myself to only myself. Right. And how I'm growing and how I am evolving. Uh, as an individual and try to keep pushing by my own yardstick yeah without you know external comparisons and it doesn't matter if i'm doing better than most of my friends or i'm doing worse than most of my friends what matters is do i get my measure right am i better individual than i was before am i progressing in a natural organic way or am i stuck in these small petty loops of you know uh, pissing contests and dick measuring contests where I'm basically wasting my life away and not realizing my true potential basically
1: the other I I was just thinking another reason why this is really important like to get to know your ego is ego's one job or one of the important KRAs is Mm. to keep you comfortable right like mentally physically and all yeah right so if you want to evolve you need to go against the ego yeah, and I'm talking about not super ego, but like the basic ego. Right? Yeah, your your concept of self esteem, self esteem, blah blah blah. Yeah, right. Because for you to break out, you need to challenge your ego, yeah. saying that okay, I'm going to push now. Don't stop me. Let me push. Yeah,
0: it's almost like unless you keep uh you know hitting the boundary. Yeah, you're not either going to cross it or you're not going to expand it. Yeah, you have to keep uh like going. Through I that. think
1: it's more of expanding the boundary. Right, I think. Again, it's very tricky to like really put it on in in a concept, but which is one thing again, I I just want to add one more thing as to the whole concept of like, how do you break an ego to form a bigger ego? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the only way I can put it. You need to break your ego so that you evolve and form a bigger ego. Right. You know what I mean? You you get the concept. And uh, I think uh, this was a lecture I was a part of long back and just hit me right now as we're speaking. It was in Ramakrishna Mate. So the lecture was basically about uh, willpower. Okay. And one of the things that they said, which stuck really, I mean, like it hit me right now. I can't say it stuck with me. Mm. But when they were talking about willpower, they were kind of explaining how willpower comes, what is willpower, blah, 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 They're not anatomy of it, blah, blah, blah. And they said willpower is the only tool that can actually make or break your ego. Mm-hmm. and it didn't make a lot of sense back then because I was a kid. Right. But now if you think about it, the only thing that will help you evolve is your willpower, more than your conviction, more than your courage, and all that nonsense. Right. It's fundamentally your willpower, right? So if you're able to challenge your ego, mm. that's the only time, if you look at it from this perspective, that's the only time your willpower comes into action. Yeah. Otherwise, your willpower really doesn't need to be activated at its full potential. hmm So when you're trying to achieve something externally, Mm. it's predominantly like what motivation or like determination and stuff. Right. But when you're trying to achieve something internally, right, it is willpower. So that's why you relate willpower with, Oh, I want to have a better body. Mm. Oh, I want to diet well. I want to, you know, I, I need a lot of willpower to quit smoking yeah. or blah, blah, blah. Mm. But when you're trying to achieve something, like I want a better job and all, you kind of don't use willpower. You say like, I'm so determined to get that promotion or I'm so determined to get that girl or mm-hmm. etc. So the reason again, when you're doing things which are for yourself, mm. you're actually going against yourself. Yeah. That's where willpower comes into picture. Yeah. Because willpower decides... The amount of willpower you invest Mm. determines how much you will going to evolve or not. Yeah. So why I wanted to say it because it hit me as we were talking that willpower is the biggest tool or the best tool that you have to make or break an ego. So it is important for us to keep, you know, looking back onto our ego Mm. so that we also develop these other tools that we can get.
0: Yeah, it also reminded me of this small kind of example, like kid's story example almost, Mm. to kind of illustrate this, which is imagine there is a compound, circular compound, ground, and you're a kid and you're playing with two other kids Mm. in this ground. And all of a sudden, uh, instinctively, you pick up a stick and you draw a small circle in one part of it. And then you tell the other two kids, everything in this circle is mine. Is mine, yeah. This is me. Yeah, This belongs to me. Whatever you want within this circle, you got to take my permission. Right. I'm the boss. And the story goes to explain it in such a way that you may feel great. You may feel very validated about claiming your circles. own peace. Yeah. You've claimed your own peace. But now what you've also done by claiming that peace is indirectly you've communicated to the outside world that everything outside of that circle is definitely not yours. Yeah, So you've isolated yourself From that, all of that rest of the compound, right? By just thinking small and minimizing your ego to this, right? Instead, if you did not draw that boundary and said this entire compound is ours, is ours, is mine, is yours, is yours, we all have equal say, right? Now there's a huge difference in what uh, you know you have compared to what you had before, and also there is no disconnect. Yeah,
1: yeah. Pretty intense episode, bogus. Like this is.
0: I did not made, expect I thought we'll on. just be like uh oh, don't feel proud like
2: <laughs> Yeah,
1: we'll like give some Instagram quotes like uh yeah. oh, keep your ego in check yeah. and do health checkups yeah, <laughs> once like in once six months. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. Like drink cucumber water. <laughs> but that is why, ladies and gentlemen, ego is not easy. It is not easy. Thigh gap podcast.
2: Subscribe. And share. Share. And share. Humbly.